Hello, everybody. This is Cultivating Classroom Management. And this may be a short podcast, but an important one. So in the looming threat of coronavirus, what are we doing to change our formatting for schooling? This may be a very controversial podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. What I want to say is that we need to come up with some viable alternatives to schooling. Even before coronavirus loomed its ugly head, and this year with the terrible flu epidemic that some people experienced, even in spite of flu shots, there needs to be a blend of online learning, new technology learning, and if necessary, some other forms of schooling for our students in the K through 12 setting. And for that matter, at the university level, I think at the university level, we're really starting to break break this open, but at the K through 12 level, there's still that feeling that school is a set time and place and school is a very, very traditional learning uh, experience. And I think that we, we need to think about learning as learning really is, which is expansive and learning is any time of day or night and learning is exploratory and learning is ongoing. And if we think of learning that way, then we will be less inclined to send kids to school when uh, there's an epidemic, when there's a blizzard, when there's an ice storm, when there's some kind of a threat. I lived through many years of having to go to work as a public school teacher during uh, post 9-11 when it was just silly to open the schools after a terrible snowstorm and our district never closed the schools um, during ice storms. I've lived through all that. And I, I think it's time to really take advantage of the technology. And I just, there's so many forms of new technology out there. And yes, some of the people may say the downside is you're not engaging learners in face-to-face learning and teachers have to be trained and uh, how do we become more accountable in online learning. I think all of this has to be explored. So let's start with the first problem, which is that people think online learning isn't dynamic enough. And I think that that's Not necessarily true. I mean, we're just learning about online learning, but online learning can be dynamic if there's a way to use all the platforms that we have in an effective way. And online learning can be effective for students of any age. And uh, teachers being trained, this is a problem for any form of learning. I mean, teachers have to be trained. They have to be trained 
effectively and they need time to practice. And I think one, one of the things I've learned at the university is that most of the teachers who are good with online learning have taken it upon themselves to, to go get more training. It's, it's not, it's not something that is done as you have to go to this training as in the K through 12 setting. And I think that teachers who um, in a K through 12 setting always feel that there's not enough time for practice. There's not enough training. And I think that, that it has to be a priority because there's so much going on in people's lives that sometimes the schools need an online learning platform. Sometimes the schools need to either close or this there, there needs to be online learning for additional help. And I don't think that that many programs are doing it successfully, although I do hear that some schools are doing it well. So I, I want to plug for a more cohesive online learning system for many districts and throughout the country, uh, because it will save us in these hard times. There's a lot of question about what about the students who don't have access to technology? How fair is that? And there's an answer for that as well, that students who do not have access to online technology, the district can have loaner computers, and some of the the technology can be done on a phone, actually. Like Zoom technology, it can be done on a phone. And I don't think that most people have a problem with owning a smartphone. I think most people own a smartphone. I mean, in some cases, there may be students who don't own a smartphone or will need to use their parents' smartphone. But in many cases, students have a smartphone or at least a tablet. So all these questions are questions of individual problems and concerns. But do the benefits outweigh the problems? I, I believe that they really do. I mean, I, I'll just speak for myself. And, you know, the research for online learning in K through 12, I'll need to do more work on presenting hard facts and statistics. But I'll speak for my own experience I've been involved with online learning at the university level for about nine years now. And I have to say, it's been tremendously helpful for me to learn as I go and to experience some of the real joys of online learning. At one point, I taught um, aspiring principals in Austria, even before the technology was really used well. And I have to say it was a little bit clunky because it was just discussion boards. But now with uh, zooming in, video conferences, Blackboard Ultra, and all the fancy tools, you can do online learning and actually teach 
live. You can have students respond live. You can have chat boards. You can do uh, projects where students interact with one another. And it, this can be, this is all done safely. There is no fear of, uh, they, there are many safe platforms to use for online learning. We use them at the university level all of the time. Now, you know, in the K through 12 setting, parents may have to supervise just a little bit to make sure that students are really safe. But that is true for anything they do on the computer, not just online learning. So do the, the, do the benefits outweigh the disadvantages? I really believe so. And I really believe that there are some students who actually will be more inclined to um, write more frequently online, to interact more frequently, to um, respond to other peers online. I see this all the time in my discussion boards. Um, I've seen people make connections who normally would never make a connection in person. I engage students in very creative projects, self-directed projects. I posted videos and podcasts. I had students post um, things in, in return and there's so much you can do, um, individual assignments, group assignments, um, stationary dis discussion boards, research projects. All of this can be done at the K through 12 level, game-based learning online. So the homeschoolers have been doing uh, learning at home for a really long time. And there's a lot of resources on homeschool websites. And there's a lot of resources in general online that teachers can use. I think the best way for teachers to get immersed in online learning is to experiment with it. And in the beginning, you know, to be honest with your students and say, I am, you know, I am learning and I am learning um, from you. And this is what makes learning different. It becomes really interactive that some of your students will be more um, well-versed in online programs than you. And some of them may be more well-versed in things like Twitter and so on, but they're not well-versed in online programs. So you have to be kind of discerning in when you uh, work online. One of the things I've also learned about working online is it stretches you uh, to be able to write clear directions, to be very succinct, and to be very uh, clear with students. And it takes a long time to really get a, a real uh, sense that you're being um, effective with students. I mean, it doesn't take a long time to see the results. It takes a long time to build that capacity. But is it worth it? I think that in time, it'll take less and less time for teachers to become confident and well-versed in online learning. Because it's as, as technology improves, teachers can 
feel more safe and confident with the technology. I mean, Blackboard was really, really clunky when I started it. It was slow, it was clunky, and now it's got a lot of features. And there are lots of learning platforms. Blackboard isn't the only one. Google Classroom is what you can use in K through 12 with no problem. And it's very intuitive. And there are, there are some positive and negatives. But at, at the risk of saying so, I think it's really important to start exploring these things now. I mean, there are so many uses for online learning. And the coronavirus is um, one of those things that, you know, some, some of the schools are shut down and they're giving students homework on, you know, on websites and so on, or they're, you know, having students work on ongoing projects. If an online learning system was in place, this would be no problem at all. And some districts already have it. And some districts are really ready to go. And uh, again, it's not just for this, um, this kind of uh, thing online learning can help with students who need extra extra work, students who are ill, students who are uh, unable to come to school, teachers who are unable to come to school. I think it has a world of possibility, and I I just see it as a real untapped resource. And uh, I was just reading uh, something on social media about. Um, using uh, online learning in in a program called OutSchool, and that's that's a paid program where there are prepaid lessons and so on, and there are lots of things like that. And you know, think about where Khan Academy started, and teachers can use these resources. So they're there for the asking. They just have to be organized and coordinated. And I think that if every school has a team, an integrated technology team, not just one person, the poor tech who runs around doing everything, I, I think this could work very nicely. So I'm putting a plug in for online learning for all ages. And um, thank you for listening. And this is Cultivating Classroom Management.